This is the Sasquatch's Monsters of the Clubhouse. Tales of when athletes throw it all away and end up behind bars or worse. Hello, it's the Sasquatch and thank you very much for tuning in to this edition of Monster the Clubhouse. This is chapter 1 of volume 3 and is the first part of the Berntigate scandal that rocked both the New Orleans Saints franchise and the NFL. Before I get into the crux of, of the Berntigate scandal, it's important that I give a brief introduction to the New Orleans Saints and the factors that led to the Berntigate scandal. So, first and foremost, the New Orleans Saints are a professional American football team based in the state of Louisiana. Um, founded in 1975 and they play their home games in the New Orleans Superdome. It's been called multiple different things from Caesar Superdome to Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But it's quite an important venue, not just in terms of the story, but also um, for that city in New Orleans. So they got their names their name rather as a nod to the jazz music heritage of the city and the spiritual hymn when the saints go marching in the colors of the new orleans saints are black and gold a nod to the heritage of the oil industry in the area the city of new orleans had actually lobbied for an nfl franchise for for multiple years led by a, a local civic group and a local sports entrepreneur dave dixon and on the back of record crowds for NFL exhibition games on the 1st of November 1966 then NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle awarded New Orleans a franchise the importance obviously of November 1st to eagle-eyed listeners um, or eagle-eared is November 1st is All Saints Day and despite the hotbed of gridiron that Louisiana is the Saints largely weren't successful in their formative years. They were dubbed the Aints, um, owing to their poor record. Um, majority of the years, they did finish bottom of the division. They had maybe one or two notable players. One in particular, Archie Manning, just a quarterback, father of Eli and Peyton, who have both made the Hall of Fame at this stage. There was a number of semi-successful coaches um, over the initial couple of years. Jimmy Mora um, would have developed a kind of an incredible secondary in the Saints. Um, the linebacking corp was was nicknamed the Dome Patrol. Um, but unfortunately, they may have won division titles. They never actually won a playoff title. Following on from his resignation in... Chicago and having bounced around the NFL for a while. Mike Dicke was also a head coach for the 1997 to 1999 season. But again, he was fired at the end of the 1999 season due to the club's 3-13 record. Largely mirroring, mirroring the seasons that went before. And the decades of mediocrity or subpar performances roll into the the early 90s, the final era to kind of just briefly touch upon before we really get going in terms of the Bandicate story is the Jim Hassett era, which is 2000 to 2005. And while as a whole it was, it was quite a 
a mediocre tenure. It started off like a house on fire. Um, he took the team to the 2000 playoffs and defeated the then defending Super Bowl champion St. Louis Rams. And this marked the team's first ever playoff win. So, found in 1966, took them to the 2000 to get their first playoff win. And that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the Saints organization up until the mid 90s. The Saints then failed to make the playoffs in 2001 and 2002. However, and things have not much changed, they did host the distinction of beating eventual Super Bowl champions Tampa Bay Buccaneers in both their regular season meetings. Only the second team to do so in NFL history. In 2003, the Saints again missed the playoffs after finishing 8-8. Eight eight. The 2004 season started poorly for the Saints and, and with 12 games gone, he had a record of 4-8. And at this point, Hassett's job appeared to be in, in severe jeopardy. He did manage to win three games straight, leading into the season finale. This left the Saints in playoff contention in the final week of the season. They defeated division rivals Carolina, but they did need other results to break their way. And when the St. Louis Rams beat the New York Jets, the Saints were eliminated, despite having beaten the Rams, who finished with the same record. And then in the final season of Hassett's tenure, 2005 season. The Saints finished 3-13, and 13, but it is worth noting they didn't play any home regular season games due to the effects of Hurricane Katrina. It would be impossible for me to tell the story, and even though it wasn't a direct contributing factor, we do need to understand the role of Hurricane Katrina in its effects on the organization and the city. So in August 29th, 2005, Hurricane Katrina made landfall near Bursus Triumph in Louisiana. With gusts of 125 miles per hour and as, as a strong category three hurricane. Although the storm surge to the east of the path of the eye in Mississippi was higher, a significant surge affected the Louisiana coast. The death toll from Katrina is uncertain, with reports differing by hundreds. But according to the National Hurricane Center, 1,836 fatalities can be attributed to the storm. One in Kentucky, two each in Alabama and Georgia, 14 in Florida, 238 in Mississippi, and 1,577 in the state of Louisiana. This on top of approximately 135 people who still remain categorized as missing in the state of Louisiana. And of course, there's also a number of deaths which are indirect but ultimately are as a result of Hurricane Katrina. It obviously wasn't just the city of New Orleans, it was an area in Louisiana approximately 90,000 square miles that were affected um, for reference this is approximately the size of the United Kingdom the hurricane left estimated 3 million people without electricity and on September 3, 2005 Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff described the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina as probably the worst catastrophe or set of catastrophes in the country's history even to this day, some 17 years on from the effects of Hurricane Katrina, there is still debris 
in some coastal communities and the effects of Katrina have still been felt in the, the state of Louisiana. After the events, obviously the Superdome was not used in 2005 NFL season. Instead, the Superdome was used as a temporary accommodation. And there's all sorts of horror stories in terms of murder, rape, uh, and the effects of the people housed in New Orleans in the Superdome that I won't get into. Um, we're getting a bit off topic. But the New Orleans Saints played four of their scheduled home games that season at LSU's Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Three at the Alamodome in San Antonio and one at Giant Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. On the 21st of October 2005, owner Tom Benson issued a statement saying that he had not made any decision about the future of the Saints. It was widely reported that they may look to move until such a time that New Orleans was safe to house an NFL site again. But ultimately they did, they did stay. And they returned to the Superdome for their first home game of the season on September 25th, 2006. And for the first time in the franchise's history, they were able to announce before the season that they had sold out their entire home schedule to season ticket holders. Which suggests that on the back of Hurricane Katrina, the city latched on to the Saints as a symbol of hope. In addition, to the recovery from such a catastrophic event the franchise had in january of 2006 made potentially its greatest ever move the hiring of sean payton as their new head coach and on march 14th and in another significant move they signed former san diego's chargers quarterback drew Brees to a six-year 60 million deal the home opener on september 25th the first game in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina was won by the Saints, 23-3 against the Atlanta Falcons. The attendance for the game was a sellout crowd of 70,003. Meanwhile, the broadcast of the game was ESPN's highest ever rated program to that date, with a viewership of 10.85 million homes. It was the most watched program for the night broadcast or cable and was the second highest rated cable program of all time at the time. Green Day and U2 performed Wake Me Up When September Ends and The Saints Are Coming retrospectively before the game. This, the game received a 2007 ESPY award for best moment in sports. On December 17th, The Saints clinched their third division title and the first NFC South title in franchise history. Sean Payton became the second consecutive Saints coach to win a division title in his first season. And after the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys 23-7 on Christmas Day in 2006, the Saints clinched a first round playoff bye for the first time in franchise history, finishing the regular season with a record of 10-6. After the first round bye, the Saints beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-24 in the Superdome in the 2006 division playtime playoffs. No team had ever had such a poor record in the prior year, 3-13, and, and then gone on to a League of Conference Championship game since the 1999 St. Louis Rams, who advanced to win their first Super Bowl after being 4-12 the season before. Since the, on, since the Saints' only previous playoff win was in the wildcard round, 
This was the furthest the Saints had ever advanced at the time. The victory was only the second playoff team win in history. But the season did end on January 21st, 2007, when the Saints lost 39-14 to the Chicago Bears in the NFC Championship game. On the back of this momentum again started to build within the community and the Saints announced for the 2007 season that for a second year in a row the Louisiana Superdome had sold out every ticket for the season. Additionally all luxury boxes had been sold out for the season. Both of these statistics are particularly surprising given that the, the city proper had at the time about 300,000 people down approximately 150,000 people um, after Hurricane Katrina. This season wasn't particularly successful for the Saints. They did finish with a 7-9 record. Um, there's a few notable wins, but on the back of Saints star running back Juice McAllister being lost for his second career ACL tear, they definitely lost kind of their way. And it was much of the same for the 2008 season. They ended up finishing 8-8 eight eight in 2008. And really struggled from a defensive standpoint. However, where they lacked on defense, they developed an absolutely explosive offense. Drew Brees ended the 2008 season just 16 yards short of beating Dan Marino's single season record of 5,084 total passing yards. After spending the 2008 offseason working on their defense, the 2009 season was and probably is to this day the team's most successful season. Following a win over division rivals, the Atlanta Falcons, the Saints marked their best start to a season in franchise history, achieving a record of 13-0. The result clinched an NFC playoff berth a boy in the first round of the playoffs and by winning their first 13 games the Saints set a record for the longest undefeated season opening by an NFC team since the AFL-NFL merger. They would however fall victim to a three game losing streak to round up the season 13-3 but with a playoff berth and a boy already clinched they were definitely ready for the playoffs. And the Saints broke another record. They became the first side to win a Super Bowl after losing its last three regular season games. They advanced through the NFC Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings, led by Brett Favre, 31-28 in overtime, and advanced to their first Super Bowl in franchise history. It was here that they overcame a Peyton Manning-led Indianapolis Colts. Television ratings for the Super Bowl were the highest for any TV program, sports or otherwise, in history. The successful bid to win the Super Bowl was seen by many to represent the city's resurgence after the devastating Hurricane Katrina. And for many fans of the Saints, it not only symbolizes a resurgence and a phoenix rising from the ashes moment for the city of New Orleans after the devastating effects of Hurricane Katrina but it it also 
is a seminal moment in the franchise's history where they ended the decades of mediocrity and we're now at the precipice of the NFL and even now like every year the Saints are competitive and no longer the laughing stock of the league at the end of the 2009 season there is a significant event that didn't seem significant at the time for even the most eagle-eyed of New Orleans fans or NFL savants Mike Cerullo an offensive coordinator was released at the end of 2009 postseason for poor performance and lying about personal leave according to New Orleans Saints this is quite it's the reason it's quite significant we'll get to down the road but it's quite a strange move to sack an offensive coordinator on the back of a Super Bowl led by a high powered offense and the 2010 season the Saints again made the playoffs but they did however suffer from the infamous Super Bowl hangover the Saints kind of had a number of notable wins such as season opener they again defeated the Minnesota Vikings 14-9 in a rematch of the 2009 NFC Championship game but ultimately they made it to the wildcard um, section of the playoffs and faced off against the worst ever NFL side to capture their division the Seattle Seahawks who ended up winning the division with a record of 7-9 and nine. I don't need to tell you the significance of this game for any NFL fans out there but for those of you that aren't Drew Brees was phenomenal, completed a postseason record, 39 passes for 404 yards and 2 touchdowns. Despite all this, the game will forever be remembered by what is known as the Beastquake. Marshawn Lynch breaking over half a dozen tackles with about 3.5 minutes left and this helped the Seahawks defeat the Saints. 4136. And it's here where I parked the story because the 2009 season was obviously the first Super Bowl for the franchise. 2010 season, again, were relatively successful. Ended up making the playoffs. Ultimately, they got undone. But 2011 was when scandal came to the door in Louisiana. 